1: Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with your host, Anne Holliday. Ayurveda and yoga are often poorly understood, and there are many misconceptions about them. According to Ayurveda and Yoga is a series of shows on the concepts of this ancient knowledge of life and consciousness presented in a way which is easy to understand. Now, here is Anne Holliday.
2: Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. This is your host, Anne Holliday. Today's program is on pregnancy and newborns with my guest, Tara Raphael. Welcome, Tara.
3: Hi. Good to be with you, Anne. <laughs>
2: Tara is an experienced midwife and in retirement, she studied Ayurveda and her practice now focuses on Ayurveda issues for women, supporting them in a natural way through pregnancy, newborns and natural childbirth. Now, last week in the Women's Health Program, we discussed women's health issues, which whether we like it or not, are most important for childbirth. We cannot abuse our bodies, live on junk food, drink alcohol and take drugs and wake up one day and decide to have a healthy baby. So reproductive health begins when we are born. So it's as much the responsibility of our parents to ensure the reproductive health of their daughters when they are young and we can influence them. So, in the physical health program, we discuss the process of digestion starting in the stomach. Actually, digestion starts in the mouth. But in the stomach, it starts with Kyle. Now, Kyle, or rasa as it's called in Ayurveda, nourishes the seven layers of tissues the first being lymph, and the last being the reproductive tissue. So, it takes 24 hours for lymph to be nourished, but 35 days for the reproductive tissue to be nourished. And at each stage of digestion, waste products are produced except for the last stage, which produces a substance called ojas. And the ojas is the absolutely pure essence of life itself. But I don't have to explain to you that if the kile is of poor quality and it has already nourished seven layers of tissue, then it will be significantly depleted by the time it nourishes, uh, the waste product from the um, reproductive tissue is produced. So Tara, uh, in India, the tradition is, Um, of course which must be based on the knowledge of Ayurveda when a couple want to have a family at least six six months before uh, time is spent on preparing both the man and the woman for conception so that gives the health of the ojas so the ojas are optimum. Would you like to comment on this
3: Tara? Yes it's very traditional and Um, The process of building the OGES starts with a lot of times a cleansing process. The cleansing process allows the body to rest its digestive system from digesting food and focus more on digesting the waste products that Ann mentioned earlier to clean them out of the body and that opens up all the channels in the body and allows both nutrition to flow as well as the energy, the more subtle energies to flow well throughout the body. And once that process of cleansing is done, then the act of rejuvenating comes in. And rejuvenating is best done after cleansing because then, like I said, The digestion will become strengthened because it's not weighed down by the excess toxins. And because the toxins have been cleared, the channels are open for all the nutrition to be well used in the body. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it will go through the different layers of tissue and become both those supercharged reproductive tissues that are so powerful that life can grow from them and then the ojas, which is the pure essence that will maintain the mother and as well the baby during the pregnancy and birth.
2: Yes, and it's not something that's really considered that much is it really in our society?
3: Uh... It's unfortunate and the whole process takes a quite a bit of dedication so that in my experience most people are not willing to dedicate the time and energy and money that it takes to do the the full panchakarma and rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes I'll at least do some kinds of herbal cleansing and things that they can fit into their daily life more easily and then do some rejuvenating after that. But the very highest level is to actually do some panchakarma with a trained panchakarma Mm -hmm. person.
2: And uh, this is also... uh, can be used as a treatment for fertility, can't it?
3: Yes, because, of course, fertility is based on the health of the reproductive tissues. And um, panchakarma, because it can work on all the levels of the tissues, it is able to optimize the health of the reproductive tissues. In fact, it's important for women to realize that if they have any kind of menstrual problems, um, that means they need to get everything put into order with their menstrual cycles, which is a sign of their good fertility. Health. Mm-hmm. Yes. And before they try for pregnancy, um, and it's really sad to me, so many women try to get pregnant, they're not successful, probably be because there's some imbalance or lack of nutrition and so forth in the reproductive. And then they end up going to take all these drugs and do all these invasive procedures to get pregnant.
2: Yes, it's, it's really not necessary, is it? Well, at least you should at least try this one first because this this is doing it the natural way and you're going to have a better... Um, chance of having a healthy baby
3: yes and it it never would hurt to do this process because it's only making your own body stronger and healthier in the long run even if it for some reason there's some karmic or other reason that can't be helped with this then you still increased your um, health especially for the mother who's going to be carrying the baby for the pregnancy. It's very important.
2: Absolutely. Now, um, in pregnancy, what about morning sickness? Do you think there's any relationship to the overall health to morning sickness, or is it something that just happens?
3: Well, I think it's quite common because morning sickness is actually not really a disease in itself. It's more of a symptom. So just as you can have a fever from many different causes... So you can have morning sickness from very many causes, which is one reason why it's so common. Uh-huh. So the best, you know, there are some nice folk remedies to try on oneself, and they may be very effective. But um, if they aren't, then it's important to see an Ayurvedic practitioner who's trained to see where your imbalance is so that he or she can help you to use herbs, diet, and lifestyle to balance that out. And again, if you're out of balance at the beginning of your pregnancy, it's not necessarily going to all go away. Um, even if the morning sickness gets better, that doesn't mean the imbalance is necessarily gone. It may have just moved to a different level of your body.
2: Yeah, so it's so important to be at the t- tip top shape when you get pregnant.
3: Yes, so there are a couple of remedies. One simple one, um, that you can try is pomegranate juice with a pinch of cardamom in it, um, as you need it to help with the nausea. That's one simple one. Um, a more, um, one that you have to work a little harder with is to find some black cardamom powder which um, you would find the black cardamom pods at an Indian grocery store, and you dry roast them. You have to break open the little pods and take out the seeds and dry roast them, and then you powder them and you take a teaspoon in the morning with milk, if milk is tolerated. Um, But you have to be careful. You cannot use green cardamom powder for this medicine because it can be abortifacient, so it could be going against the pregnancy if you use the oh, green. Okay. So you have to yeah. be sure you use black cardamom I powder. See.
2: Okay. So um, we'll just go quickly over the diet in pregnancy. This is something that really is very commonly known anyway in um, allopathic medicine. But the importance of calcium I would like to stress here for the healthy bones of of the baby, and that you can lose so much calcium during uh, during pregnancy, um, and because so many people lose their teeth, don't they? I know I I had a lot of problems with my teeth after I had my children.
3: Yes, calcium is really important for so many reasons for the bones and teeth. And for the baby's bones and teeth that are developing during the pregnancy, if you want your children to have good teeth, you must have good nutrition during pregnancy. It's also very important for regulating many of the metabolic processes in the body. Mm -hmm. Use calcium to buffer them and so forth. So calcium is very important. It's important, though, not to just have plain calcium. You want to have... Um, a good the range of minerals that are needed for human health so the best way is through food and one simple way to add calcium to a pregnant diet is to take um, sesame seeds and have like two tablespoons of sesame seeds and chew them very, very well. Cause if you don't chew them, they just go all the way through without any absorption, (laughs) but you can chew them very well and swallow them. Or you can have some, make them into tahini and fresh tahini and have, um, that on hummus. Yes. Yes. In some way that Mm -hmm. works for your digestion. And then that will add to the calcium, um, for women to get enough. Um, and in the the traditional Ayurvedic um, diet for pregnant women, much of the diet should be more liquid or semi-liquid, very moist and nourishing and enriched with all the different flavors and tastes, which I'm sure you've probably talked about how
1: yes, the different yes. tastes
3: are important. And they should also be supplemented with agni or digestive kinds of herbs and spices to increase the appetite and digestive power. So the foods that are considered pretty much really healthy for a pregnancy in all the trimesters are rice, milk, wheat, Amalaki fruit, raisins, grapes, mangoes, butter, ghee, and a small amount of raw sugar as a Um,
2: medicine because of the iron yes yes iron rich foods are very important
3: yes iron is important and um, raisins and grapes have a lot of iron also um, another food that has a lot of iron is um, sunflower seeds and they also have quite a bit of minerals so sunflower seeds and raisins mixed together make quite a nice little snack Yes. Um during the first trimester there's actually an emphasis um for, for instance the first month to drink cool milk and to avoid overeating and this is to c- help with the pitta influence of the hormones increasing in the body and um also to allow again the the energy to go inward and not be used all up in digestion because That time in the first trimester, the, that tiny little speck that's like the period at the end of a sentence is the beginning of all (laughs) of our lives. We were all that tiny little speck. And can you imagine the amount of energy to manifest a living being out of a tiny little speck like that. <laughs> no,
2: it's amazing, isn't it? It and is not it And I just wanted to also mention vitamin A and D and to add the importance of fresh air and sunshine, there's a big uh, movement at the moment for taking vitamin D supplements, but I don't think there's any substitute for sitting out in the sunshine and getting plenty of fresh air.
3: Yes, it's very important to be in nature, not just because the vitamin D, we actually can make it with our bodies, um, but also because it uplifts our minds and our spirits. Yes, yes. And that is so important, especially during pregnancy.
2: Uh, Yes, I think so too. Um, let's uh, talk a little bit about um the apanavayu, uh, vayu which is we have mentioned it in in our programs this is the force of air in the body and apana vayu is the is the downward force right correct um uh, This is extremely important during childbirth, obviously, and uh, it is it's also important to um, strengthen this power that we have for childbirth during pregnancy. Would you like to talk about that?
3: I would love to, because through my experience as a midwife and my studies and work as an Ayurvedic practitioner, I've really come to see that actually the Upon vayu is one of the most important keys to health for reproductive health especially and that um it's something that is totally ignored by western medicine they don't really have the concept so they can't even no. talk about it um and So, as you've probably mentioned, when you've spoken of the Upan Vayu, the downward energy lives in the pelvic area, is its home, and that it is involved with holding in and letting go at the proper time. And that has to do not just with the baby, but with our menstrual cycles, with ejaculation for men, and orgasm, it has to do with urination and bowel movements as well, so whenever there's a disturbance in one of these areas where things are not coming out or they're they're coming out too much, that is a sign that this upon value is not working properly and it really needs to be regulated and helped to come back into its good balance um, so there are many ways to protect the upon value in its natural state and strengthen it so we want to avoid holding or forcing our urination or bowel movements and that is something that many women do because of their busy lives they may think yeah. oh i'll just wait and go later <laughs> but that is actually something that can cause them so many problems with menstrual fertility and pregnancy and birth and and I wish I could really show them how important that is to just not hold it. <laughs> well, it's, it's the same with
2: bowel movements, isn't it? If you don't exactly. go when you need to, then the urge goes away and that can become chronic.
3: Yes, it's like we're telling our body, no, I'm not going to do that. So it says, okay, and then it the body and gives it, up.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: yes. Uh so what about um do you use pranayama or any kind of simple yoga exercises for this?
3: Well the upon um is helped by um avoiding also jarring activities which a lot of young women do sports and gymnastics and yes and snowboarding and things where they're falling a lot, all these things, and then they wonder why they have menstrual cramps. <laughs> so, yes. um, um, putting helping the uterus to feel at home and not irritated by this jarring or, and not being put into a bad position, will go a long ways. And then during pregnancy, we want to um, again eat the more mushy foods. And foods that are going to be soothing vata, because it is a form of vata. So vata soothing measures are very good for helping with the pan, al- Vayu. And also, um, at the end of pregnancy, there are things especially to do like eating slippery foods like papaya and ghee. And these are to kind of grease the passageway. Um yes. There are certain herbal choices that can help. Bala is one um, that is safe in pregnancy. And just a pinch of the Amalaki powder sometimes can help. Um, and then before labor to prepare for it... Um, we want to do pelvic floor exercises and those can help strengthen the upon value um, as well as doing um, some very gentle, very, very gentle um, enemas and gentle douches at the end. And just to moisten the area with oil to keep it very um, soothed and keep, yes, lubricated and to calm any dryness or um, vata being too active in that area. So um, there is... What about
2: breathing? Do you still do the Lamans breathing exercises?
3: You know, um, no, they're not very popular anymore. I think that... um, Women have, are focusing more on just relaxing through, with the, um, body sensations. I found that Lamaz was a way of distracting you from the discomfort. And I think now, um, in my community, it's more a matter of helping women to be relaxed and not be afraid to open up and just to breathe with deep breathing exercises, um, to breathe through the contractions in that way. Yeah. Rather than to kind of focus on something outside of themselves, but to bring the energy inward because that's the natural way for women who are undisturbed they become very inner and Mm -hmm. um focusing that way and i think that allows their natural instincts to really come out which i've seen over and over again are so true and so right on for the woman and the baby in terms of what is needed to make everything work at the best way
2: yes and we also have um body massage, don't we, for pregnancy. I know it was very important in the course I took in India where they actually did the massage with the person standing up, which I thought was excellent because it was really so much easier.
3: Yeah, I've never tried that standing up massage. Yes. Um, It's fascinating because today in the yoga class I attended, the teacher had us do shavasana standing up. And it was oh. it was fascinating um, that that came up again here with doing the massage standing up because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> learning to relax I, while you're standing.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as far as the uh, you know the comfort and not having to put any pressure on the baby, it was it, it's actually very good.
3: Mm, yes. yes, yes, I've done a lot of massage of pregnant women. Um, I usually have them lie on their side and then
2: yeah, yeah, that's roll right. over to the other side
3: yeah. so I can get – that works so really we'll good have to too. So we're going
2: to take a little break here now, Tara, just uh, for a few minutes, and then we'll be back. Okay?
3: All right.
1: The According to Ayurveda and Yoga Global community welcomes you to join the conversation at AtayTV.com, where you can share your experiences of holistic health, ask questions, make comments, and write blogs. It is through AtayTV.com that professional members committed to bringing authentic knowledge to the world can connect with you. Material from Atay radio shows are also available. ATAYTV.com Visit ATAYTV.com today
0: Step by step you made it through the journey of pregnancy Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey Breastfeeding As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice Much of it conflicting Some of it outdated Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
1: Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with doctors Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live Healthy, Be Healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: You read about it in health news every day.
1: Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year.
0: We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Kudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing, We'll discuss new realities and modalities from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of health, is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Healthcare professionals spend a lot of time keeping the rest of us from losing it, getting too stressed out, and from burning out. But who helps the healthcare professional from avoiding the same things? A professional coach can help you avoid burnout and by doing so lead a healthier life. Tune in to Dr. Raji Menon's Stress Busters Corner. We're here to help those who help everyone else. We help them avoid burnout themselves. Tune in every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with Anne Holliday. If you have questions or comments about our program, we would like to hear from you. Please contact us via email to info at ataytv.com. That's info at A-T-A-Y-T-V Now, back to According to Ayurveda and Yoga.
2: Welcome back. This is Anne Holliday talking about pregnancy and newborns with my guest, Tara Raphael. Tara, there's a growing trend throughout the world of uh, having a C-section instead of natural birth. Um, I was quite astounded, actually, when I looked into this that 36% of women in the U.S. uh, elect to have a cesarean section when only 10% is considered to be the optimum figure and in some countries there's even a lot more than that and this to me is quite frightening uh, like 46% in uh, China was one of the figures I got and in some other places it was even higher uh, so giving birth is a natural instinctive process and not a medical procedure as it seems to be coming. And if we abuse this from a woman's point of view, we are going to be in danger of actually losing our ability to have babies if we're not careful.
3: Yes. um, Caesareans are wonderful when they are actually needed. They are life-saving. And um, as a midwife... Of course, we um, have a very good statistic as midwives and having a lower cesarean rate. Um, And part of that is because we don't have as many of the constrictions as a hospital situation does in terms of restrictions on the mother's movements, on her making sound, and she's In a home birth, she's in her own environment and can really let go. And I think of um, giving birth is actually a lot like making love in terms of hormonally and that um, if a woman isn't in a place where she feels safe, she's going to be inhibited in her Mm -hmm. hormones that are needed for giving birth. And so I think that's one reason um, why women, some women do not feel safe in this foreign environment of the hospital or having strangers coming in and poking them and interrupting their inner focus. Um, all these things co- bring on more birth complications and there's kind of a cascading effect of, Things being interfered with, and then it cascades, and until finally there's something happening where either her body isn't sh- is kind of shutting down, or the baby's um, getting into distress, and then a cesarean happens. So yes,
2: um, and a lot happens because of the medical intervention, doesn't it?
3: Well, and there are even studies that show that the World Health Organization actually has said just as you mentioned that the ideal rate for cesareans would be closer to around um 10 to 15% in in a natu- you know in a natural situation and that of course it reduces deaths to have cesareans if if there aren't av- if they haven't been available to those 10% who really need them but that once cesareans go over that very far, it's actually causing more morbidity and mortality. Mm-hmm. And that, um, that one of the main reasons why I encourage healthy women to really look into having a home birth with a trained midwife is because it does tend to have less of these interventions and she's in her home environment where she's already used to all the germs that are there. And it's her home, so she feels more in control. It's her place. And the yes. midwife is is in there in her place to serve her, rather than her going to a, a place that's more like a factory kind of a place where people are going in and out and it's kind of a... Um,
2: and it's not You're, very private either, it's, is it's it? Not,
3: it's not as private. It's not as personal. And just like you would have a hard time having an orgasm in a hospital room if people were coming in and, how are you doing? Is it coming along? Are you almost there?
2: <laughs> the mind boggles at that. <laughs> yes. Well, uh,
3: and, and so, you know, it, it's a similar process, similar hormones. Yeah it it is a part of our sexuality to give birth um mm. so it it yeah so that's why i think why one reason why it gets to be so so many cesareans in our country um because, also because so many people put all their faith into something other than their own bodies they haven't developed a relationship with their own bodies and trust that they actually can give birth, because all their friends have had cesareans. So why? why yeah, how could exactly. she give birth? Yeah. And and then there's the fear of the pain of labor. And then once you use any anesthesia, it does increase your risk of having a cesarean. Yes. So yes. What I you know. I always would tell women at a home birth, you know, well, we won't have the anesthesia in the hospital that they have in the hospital, but you will have all the tools of relaxation. You can take baths, you can take showers, you can get massages. You're you're going right. to be able to move any way you want and your natural hormones um we create just like when people go on a marathon, they get endorphins so do we when we're in labor if we're in a relaxed and healthy situation and we have been you know well nourished and so forth then we will create these endorphins that will help us to deal with the labor and it and then the the pain becomes yeah
2: and it's a strange thing about the pain too as intense as it is um you forget it. It's not something that you, a woman would never go back and have another baby simply because it was painful.
3: Exactly. We do. forget never I remember with my second child, uh, once I was in labor, I go, oh my gosh, I forgot. And here Forgotten I was. how I was hard, hard it I, is. <laughs> I was a midwife, but you know. I didn't, but it, it
2: passes so quickly
3: it does
2: and, and uh, yeah and you don't even remember what it was like so the, nature must build that into you or else you wouldn't have any more children would you exactly
3: <laughs> well in in the other thing i tell women about the pain is usually when we have pain it means something is wrong but this yes. is one time when pain is not about something being wrong it's just about opening up from a tiny little canal yeah cervix to be big enough for the baby to pass through so it's a lot of stretching and pressure and so forth but it's not about damage which is what most pain is like. And it's so important
2: to have it really too because as you know that shows us if the pain starts to go away that's when you start to worry and it's important to know that isn't it?
3: Yes it's, it's good to have the sensations and It is a way, you know, they've shown through studies of the baby's blood chemistry and so forth, that actually the stress of labor prepares it to um, adapt to coming out into the world and to bonding. And I believe that the stress of labor also helps the mother to bond because she's, she's totally all her everything is washed away by the pain (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. you you become open and clear so that once the pain stops after the birth then there's the baby in your arms and you're right there and able to bond so fully at that Mm -hmm. moment partly because of that washing away that the pain does
2: exactly and also if there are there is a process in the birth canal too isn't there of the the pressure on the baby's head is is also very important for its development
3: yes and so that's another reason to avoid cesarean if it's not necessary because the mm-hmm. natural birth process prepares the baby to breathe properly properly and, yeah and and in I'm sure that it also does some other functions that we really don't even understand. Don't even know. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um one of the things that um I don't feel is is adequately addressed in modern society is the postpartum depression and the postpartum period for the mother. This is uh, the vata period, isn't it? The vata period um Directly, immediately after the baby is born, the vata gets very high.
3: Yes, well, of course, if you think about it, the pregnancy, it, the belly grows, and everything is moved around, and it's stretched, and then during labor, there's this intense output of energy um, by the body and the mother, and the giving the baby opening to come out and pushing it when it needs a little push to come out and then afterwards, there's this huge emptiness in the belly. The uterus itself shrinks down. It's about the size of a five month pregnant uterus right after the birth. Um, it doesn't go all the way down into the size of a fist, which is what it normally is. Usually when you're not pregnant, it doesn't do that for the first few weeks. Um, And then also just everything is just open inside. Your yoni is really stretched open. And your uterus, um, the cervix isn't closed all the way. Um, And so everything is spacious. And space is vata. So that's why it's so important to treat women to reduce the vata during the postpartum period. And we Mm -hmm. use all the vata soothing things like keeping her warm. You may have heard in so many traditional cultures that they roast the mother. They do different things to put heat into her body. Like they may use maksa or they may actually have like coals and put her bed above the coals of the fire to to warm her up after the birth. Mm -hmm. Um, She also needs to have rest and quiet and seclusion so she's not overstimulated because Mm -hmm. she's going to be dealing with the baby already that in itself is um somewhat of a vata situation because the baby is still adjusting to the world and doesn't have routines or anything yet either and then we use also oil both internally with dietary oil especially like ghee um And externally with oil massage and bala oil is really highly recommended in the traditional texts to be used even right after the delivery they say that bala Mm -hmm. oil should be applied all over her body including in the birth canal they recommend in the ancient texts.
2: Yes. And and so all of these things can help to prevent postpartum depression, I think that, uh, that, that I, I often hear on the news that they don't only just really hardly ever talk about it. But um, I remember what the, when I had my children, how you immediately after the birth, you have this um, incredible surge of energy. And everybody warns you about it, that it's very common to have this. But then, but it's a false energy because if you if you start running around and doing a lot of things, then that energy just goes away. Because birth is such a it takes such a toll on the body, doesn't it?
3: Well, it is. Uh, like I said, it's a very energy um, intense a huge process. amount of energy
2: goes into it. Yeah,
3: you could say it's like climbing up to the top of a very high mountain or running in a marathon. And and so that's why it's so important for a woman to be taking good care of herself during the pregnancy so that she is in optimum condition. She's done some gentle exercising and stretching and so forth um, and walking to just keep everything ready to be opening up during labor Um, But postpartum, also to combat um, the vata or space, one of the things that is very common in a lot of traditional cultures, as well as Ayurveda, is to wrap the belly and actually contain that area so that it reduces some of the vata, and um, as well as having the regular daily massages and Baths with water, you know, warm warm water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that will help as well as eating a Vata soothing diet with digestive herbs because a lot of times, with this great expenditure of energy, a woman's digestive fire may be expended. So mm. at the very beginning, we don't want to give her a lot of heavy rejuvenative herbs quite at the very beginning. We want to build up her digestion first and then we'll give her some rejuvenative herbs. And the wonderful thing about the Ayurvedic postpartum program is that a woman can actually become more balanced, more healthy healthy. After having a baby, instead of becoming depleted for the rest of her life, she could be more healthy. And I've seen it happen with (laughs) women. Um,
2: Well, also having a baby is a real cleansing process. You know, women look beautiful, I think, when they're pregnant and after they're pregnant because the whole body cleans itself out sort of doesn't it the blood is all changed and purified and it's actually a really healthy process to go through if you look look after yourself properly
3: yes it is it's a way it's what women's bodies are made to do. <laughs>
2: made to do, yes. <laughs> when you've done it, you realize that that's what it's for. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, and just the miracle of breastfeeding.
2: That's such a miracle, yes, it really is. So uh, I just want to um, go on to a subject which is very dear to my heart uh, that uh, has been Really part of the reason why I started these, doing these programs in the first place. When I was in India uh, several years ago, I met a journalist from Europe who was writing a book on the importance of intense nurturing of newborns and the emotional damage that occurs in life when babies do not get this. And much of her research was based on her own experience of adopting a child from overseas and from psychiatric reports on adoptive children who had come from orphanages uh, overseas. Uh, The conclusion from their studies was that the long-term effects of emotional neglect in the early weeks and months of life can lead to autistic spectrum disorders, low IQ, ADHD, severe attachment disorders, emotional learning and anxiety disorders, and depression. And there have been many studies done on this, and it's well-documented But what did impress me was a statement that she made in a documentary series on this subject where it was observed that where children remain with the mother and the extended family with village life for support, there isn't the isolation for the baby which exists in modern society and in orphanages. Even in desperately poor situations, children are happy because they have love and security, which material comforts cannot provide. And while living in India, I was with a family and uh, I was part of a longstanding tradition that they have over there where the birth is mainly overseen by the women of the family. And after the birth, the mother and the baby are cloistered for 45 days, I think it is, around that time. And during that time only the very close family are allowed to visit and the, the the mother isn't even allowed to use the telephone which a lot of the modern women don't like being able to use their computers but she uh, and she has to focus all her attention on herself and on bonding with the baby for this period And then at six weeks, the baby is really born to the world uh, and they have a big celebration. So that first six weeks is completely cloistered and made available for the baby and the mother to bond together. And these experiences prompted me. To connect to my Ayurvedic training on the mind, which we discussed in the mental health program a few weeks ago with Dr. Satyanarayana Das. And this is concerning the development of the buddhi, which is our intelligence or our discriminating mind. And this is not developed in babies and young children. And when developed, the body protects the chitta or the subconscious mind. And when functioning properly, we are discerning about what's good for us. Now, if a baby has a traumatic experience or it isn't loved sufficiently, the emotion goes straight to the subconscious and will affect the person throughout their life. And the Vedic teachings also say that there is a very short window of time soon after birth when the baby learns how to love by being loved itself. And if a baby doesn't get that, then they are essentially or can be a lost person and it is the root cause of mental disturbances. I continued because I was became very interested in this subject and really hadn't really heard much talk about it. And I continued to do more research and found some very disturbing statistics. In Washington State alone, there are 8,000 children who do not have foster homes. And this is not counting all the children that are already in foster homes. And I also found out that 80% of people who go into foster care never make their way into society but end up homeless, on drugs, in prison, foster care. Uh, And it's a breeding ground for the exploitation of children. So the importance of the mother and the baby being able to have this opportunity to bond and if for any reason the mother is not there then that period is essential to mental health throughout throughout life and i i believe in many ways in modern society we are neglecting this period not not with everybody of course but i think with women working and uh, so many women having babies without any support um that we, as women, should be looking at this issue and and for our future generations. Do you have any comments to make on this?
3: Yes, this is an area that really I agree with you that for us as women, we need to find a way to apply our wisdom and support these women. I've seen too many women who go back to work right away and their babies are in daycare. And even though the people who work there may be very kind and loving, it's too many babies for them to be holding them all at once. And really. And babies
2: do need a lot of holding, don't they?
3: They do. They They need that physical holding. It's, It's not a intellectual concept, or, you know. No, absolutely not. And so... So um, I had this
2: idea of putting together um, a volunteer association because with families being so spread apart now, it's not, it isn't practical to do what the Indian families do. Um, you know, the grandmother and the extended family also have careers now it's a lot different than it was in the old days anyway we can't talk too much more about this I'm sorry because I could really make a whole program on this and I probably will Tara and great we, we need to I think there's a lot of talking needs to take place on this subject so but we have to wrap up now we only have a few more minutes left and we're running out of time so, uh, I do appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us today and your experience is, is invaluable to the this program. Uh, thank you very much, Tara. And I'm sure there will be a lot of interest in today's discussion. So, if listeners have any further questions, please email me at annholiday.com. At or you can find me uh, or Tara on Facebook and send her a message that you have been listening to this program. We would really like to have your feedback and your opinions on what we have discussed. I want to keep this discussion going on what we what I see as a critical issue for the future in modern society. And, and it really does talk To address what we were talking about last week was that of community. Women who would like to make a difference and be involved with the welfare of babies and young children in their community, this gives an opportunity for us to give something back. We don't need to be going off to other countries to change their way of living when we have so many problems of our own in our own communities to deal with. We have become too dependent on science, agencies, systems, and on people who have learned about life from a book. Not that I say we don't—that that isn't important, but at the end of the day, we all really need to have, uh, we only have ourselves to depend on. So, next week, the program will be on aging, something that we all started to do the day after we were born, even though we deny that, (laughs) and I will be, and it will really be a continuation of today's discussion. So, friends, family, and contacts all over the world, this is your host, Anne Holiday, and my guest, Tara Raphael, signing up. Signing off. Sorry, not signing up. With one last thing to do. <laughs> Goodbye, Tara, and thank you. We just. I'm just going to finish up by having. Uh, the best thing for your health is to laugh. So let's <laughs> do. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for tuning in to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Be sure to join Ann Holiday again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about Anne, our radio program, and supplemental information about what you've heard today, please visit the website ataytv.com. Until our next program, wishing you health and happiness.